Hello and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast with myself, Joe Oberly from VikingsTerritory.com and PurplePTSD.com and Mark Craig from Star Tribune and StarTribune.com. Hey, Mark, how's it going? Uh, another week in the NFL and things are happening for uh, as we approach uh, first deadline next week for, for players and such. So there's some players who are the Vikings. The biggest news of the day, Mark, or Mark, uh, Eric Kendricks was released. And uh, Vikings are going to save $9.5 million on the cap for that. What are your thoughts on that move by Kwesi and the, and the crew? Well, I, I think it's, it's an obvious move that had to be made. I was a little bit surprised that um, – there wasn't uh, apparently no no desire on, on one or both sides to try and renegotiate sort of like what they're doing with Thielen, what they might do, I guess, with Harrison Smith. Um, you know, this is the time of year where, you know, the money takes over and, and, the, and the player kind of becomes the secondary thought. Well, th- this is a no-brainer move because of his contract, because of how much he's making and where he's at in his career. But are the Vikings better today than they were yesterday? No. I mean, they're, uh, they got some young guys. They like Troy Dye. They like Asamoah. Uh, those are young guys, but uh, you know, when Eric Kendricks was in his prime in that defense of Zimmers, uh, he, he was as instinctive. He was the best middle linebacker in football in 2019. And he was on his way to becoming a two-time first team all pro in 2020. Gets hurt and only plays 11 games. Had he stayed healthy that year, he would have been two times. Yeah. Uh, so uh, to me, it's a no-brainer move. It's time to move on. But uh, it's a little sad. A little sad for fans because this is one of the better linebackers they've ever had, and one of the one of the uh, better guys too off the field. Do you think uh, for Kendricks? You know, I, I don't know how much you insight you got or, or what you hear and what you glean from behind the scenes and what went down there. But do you think for Eric Kendricks that you know? I think he took a restructure in the past to help them with their cap and maybe he says okay no i just don't want to do that anymore is he is he looking ahead and saying you know maybe he recognizes his skills have deteriorated and he might not get a better contract than this so he's i I don't know do you do you have any insight on what he might be thinking there why he wouldn't want to do well if 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 he felt his skills were deteriorating, he wouldn't have, he would have taken the deal. Yeah, you're have, right. You're right. He would have taken the deal. He would have said, yeah, whatever it takes. Uh, I think there's some still some, there, there is still some, uh, you know, some, some gas in the tank for him. I think he'll be able to play somewhere. He's not done yet. I don't think, um, you know, I think this is more of a case of that. This is the one position at where they have all these high price contracts where they got younger guys mm-hmm. that they feel that can be, uh, developed by Flores now and um, uh, the new inside linebackers coach, you know, they got, they do have some young guys that can step up. It's their time. You know, it's uh, they've been there. Uh, well, the uh, Troy Dye has been there for a couple of years. Uh, Asamoah is a guy they kept raving about all, you know, as, as all the draft picks around them were either not playing or not playing well. Asamoah was the one guy they kept talking about every mm-hmm. week. So I think it's a case of where the Vikings, you know, feel like they can move on. Uh, more affordably, you know, and frankly, they they have to make hard decisions. You you don't you don't get twenty three, twenty four million dollars off the cap by making easy moves. Yeah, I, you made a you you mentioned that it's a, it's a tough uh, tough deal for fans, and you know, it, it's I think it's tough for media to a certain degree. He wasn't a big talker in the locker room, but when he so when he would talk, people usually listened to him, and he I, I thought he made you know there's add more gravity to what he had to say. I thought he was uh, a, a really decent guy and, and obviously man of the year uh, uh, nominee in the past NFL man of the year. It's uh, he's great, great in the community and what he's done. It, it, it's, it's a tough loss because it, you know, since his entire time here, it's always just been great production on the field and, you know, no BS, you know, from this guy, he was, he was straight shooter. Is that how you found him? Uh, you know, talking to him. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think he was a, uh, you know, whenever when when Minnesota became the focal point, everything after the George Floyd and, um, you know, Kendrick is, is is a great talker, but like you said, he didn't. He was not a you know he was not one guy to like stand on the desk and say, look at me, look at me, look at right. me. But during that period, whenever you know, obviously the Vikings became a focal point. 
uh, of the in the NFL because of it happening happening here. Uh, Kendricks and Barr really stepped up and and became the voice. And also, where Kendricks, uh, his his the the weight of what he's can what he brings, uh, his presence and his uh, his leadership, his ability to play at an all pro level. Uh, whenever Zimmer is you know had just left, it was it was Kendricks the guy that came out and said, you know the the next regime shouldn't be a fear based regime. Whenever yeah. it had that come from you know uh, Troy Dye or someone else down the pecking order, it would not have meant as much. As whenever it was said by Eric Kendricks, it was like, wow, you know, um, it's more like speaking for the locker room, I think, as opposed to uh, just being some guy down the down the line. Great point. Great point. Uh, you mentioned earlier, you know, one of the best line middle linebackers of all time. And I want two quick questions for you. You know, where, where do you rank them in the middle linebackers for the Vikings? And, and I got a list of linebackers in general. I think I, I sent that over to you. Where, where do you rank them in, in, in that group? I mean, I, I know that that isn't quite apples to apples, but to a certain degree it is. But first of all, where, where do you see him in, you know, the Vikings have had some good ones, you know, in the middle, Jeff Seaman, Lonnie Warwick, even Studwell. Studwell was a middle linebacker. What, what do you, where do you bring, where do you rank Kendricks in middle linebackers? Well, I, I think Studwell, uh, is probably the guy that, uh, you know, he stands head and shoulders. I mean, in Illinois history, uh, the history of the University of Illinois, there's uh, three linebackers on there all, I don't know, it was a century team or whatever. One of them's Dick Butkus, one of them's Ray Nitschke, and the third guy is Scott Studwell. Oh. And a ninth, a ninth round pick coming out, um, you know, of Illinois. And it was a situation where, you know, like uh, every, every, every round, Bud Grant was going to, uh, to Mike Lynn saying, Hey, about that Studwell guy, let's take that Studwell. Like, he's too small. He's too this, he's too that. They finally took him. So, you know, Studwell, it probably has to be number one, even though Studwell was never first team all pro. I think he was second team a couple times. You think Kendrick's um, is better in coverage than Studwell? Studwell's a great middle well, Totally different game. I mean, yeah, I mean yeah. Stud, yeah, they weren't talking about Studwell having to cover anyone. They were right. talking about Studwell having to fill the hole there. Uh, yeah. So it's Apple. I mean, Rip Hawkins, I, you know, I, I'm old, Joe, and we're old. But well, I, I didn't reckon, I remember that name when you sent that to me. I, I said, Rip Hawkins? What the heck? Well, the reason we know his name, or at least I know his name, is is he was he led the, the team in tackles his first five years uh-huh. in the league, and that was, a, that was a record that stood uh, until I think, um, I think Kendricks broke it. Now, uh, Greenway also broke it in a number of years, and Greenway was going for Studwell's record of – yeah of, uh, you know, six or seven years of leading the team in tackles. Team, but yeah. Studwell's tackle team, his career tackle totals are 500 more than anybody who's ever, anyone else who's ever played in those. 500 is a, is a career for some people. A lot of people are more than a career, but, you know, he's 500 more than the next guy, which is Matt wow. Blair, I think. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's right there. And, and I don't, you know, I don't have uh, memories of, Lonnie Warwick, you know, he was a middle linebacker in the Super Bowl years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, obviously great defenses, but like you said, it's apples to oranges. Uh, I'm comfortable saying that he is, you know, by being a, a starter for, you know, I think he was a, he wasn't a starter his first two or three games uh, under Zimmer as a rookie, but then he came in uh, and started, and I think he started every game after that. Um, you know, he's been a force, uh, instinctive. Um, you know, he just knew what – I mean, there was a stretch where he knew what was going to happen before it happened. In 2019, uh, you know, all pro uh, – it was funny because he, he was all pro, but he didn't make the Pro Bowl team until he became like a replacement. So Except it was like, what, what, what are we missing here? Uh, so, yeah. There wasn't one, enough yeah. look at me, Mark. Look at me, yeah. I think, you know. So he is he is one of the, the, the top. Let's uh, – yeah comfortable saying he's one of the best they've ever had at middle line yeah, and they've had some good ones i mean and you got jeff seaman and ed mcdonough was a decent linebacker wally helgenberg was was good uh ej henderson was good for a long time too wasn't he he was uh yeah you know ej was a starter for uh not as many years as uh as uh, kendrick's but you know ej had that horrendous uh you know, injury yeah. broke his thigh bone and uh, yeah. gruesome injury where he came back from that and on Matt Blair, uh, yeah, it's, it's not uh, well. Matt Blair I don't, was an outside, outside right. linebacker, and but yeah, I mean, uh, it's not quite the Chicago Bear. I mean, I, 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 don't, <laughs> I don't think I'm saying anything. I'm not, I don't think I'm going crazy and saying that uh, 
I'm going to go Kwesi and say that uh, that maybe Kirk isn't as good as Aaron Rodgers or <laughs> or Patrick Mahomes. But yeah, when you look at the history of the Chicago Bears linebackers, it's a little bit better. Right. The Vikings, uh, you know, they got some good ones. They got some. Good, yeah, it's it's going to be tough to see him go. I mean, he's he's been in the middle. He's been in that spot since he virtually since he got here. So it, it's uh got some big shoes to fill for Ozamore, whoever they're going to put in there. So, uh, there's no question, no question, because. Uh, any kind of step back that he may have taken last year can, can, you know, part of that, a big part of that was playing in a defense he wasn't familiar with, right. playing in a defense that did not uh, clearly, uh, as we've seen, the, the coordinator gets fired in one year, uh, did not make adjustments that they needed to make. So, uh, you know, we'll find out. I mean, I think Kendricks is not done. He's going to he'll probably go somewhere uh, and, and we'll still hear his name around the league. Uh, so you said it's a no-brainer, but you don't think it's a mistake that they should have worked something out and got something done with him because, uh, and then match him with Azamoa next year maybe, and and then you got a, a nice tandem there. I, I don't know. I, I I hate to see him go. Well, they're probably looking at Hicks, you know, unless they release Hicks as well. But yeah, uh, they're they're looking at uh, you know right now it's about getting their. It's getting everything down to financially, but yeah, the, all the, all the comments about, you know, that came with his release, there was pretty clear cut that you know, they had moved on. So yeah. Yeah. Surprising okay. a little bit, but uh, you know, there has to be two, two people that two sides that want to do that. There's some, there's some other names coming up about uh, one way or the other. First one, a quick one. It sounds like there was, according to uh, Adam Kramer from your paper uh, that it looked like what he could divine at, at the combine that the Vikings want to hang on to uh, CJ ham. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, fullback who maybe touched the ball a handful of times last year, great on special teams, but didn't do a whole lot in this offenses. Does that surprise you if that's in fact true? No, that doesn't surprise you because you're, you're not talking about a big, a big time contract there. You're talking, uh, there aren't a whole lot of teams. Think. There probably are not a lot of teams that CJ Ham's going to go to. Uh, I, you know that to me, I would imagine it's going to it's going to be a team friendly contract. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I okay. I would think there's a lot more things that have to happen to, in order for them to. You know that that's one of those. You know, I, whatever they do, they renegotiate and they you know bring his cap number down while keeping the player. So uh, yeah, you know, there's gonna be a, there's gonna be a lot of that this week. This is a week where they're uh, there's gonna be a lot. You know, like. These guys always, you know, they, they, the, the press conference where they get the big contracts like Greenway and Brian Robinson and all this. There's always a, there's always a day. As soon as you see them, as soon as they leave that podium after a big, you know, huge deal, there's always going to be that day that comes. Yeah. Typically, where it's uh, unless you're Jared Allen, I he, he signed a record deal and played every minute of it. Uh, but you know, there's going to be that at the end when it just doesn't make financially with where the player is and the team is. Sounds like at uh, the Star Tribune's kind of been the, is, is information coming from them is that they're trying to do that with Adam Thielen. Is that is that what you know, you're saying? They're trying to work something out with him that uh, can can keep. Yeah, him. I mean that that's an interesting one because if he, if he gets cut, I, you know, their their cap number is still pretty big, and uh, I think it's like close to twenty million if if, he, yes. if they don't do anything, which they're yep. they're going to do something, obviously. Right. Right. But releasing him, it's still it's still a hard, it's still a real high cap number. Um, so yeah, it, you know he's going to give him a little bit of a break. I, I would I think just because of you know being here for 10, 11 years. But you know it was the Super Bowl, and there were some interviews that he did. It was kind of you know I'm not saying they, Adam has an ego, but you know there, there's a uh, he yeah, values he, he values what he brings to an offense. Uh, I want to go. I want to. I want to be a bigger part of an offense. So he kind of set that out there too. That hey, I'm not just going to come here to, you know, catch 20 balls or whatever. Come back to catch 20 balls. I guess it kind of changed since when when he was here with Diggs. It was kind of you know even Steven. They both drafted off each other a little bit. That uh, you know they both drew enough coverage that the other guy could excel at certain times and. Dig wanted out for whatever reason it was, whether he didn't like playing with the quarterback or he didn't like the offense the way it was heading with the running uh, with cook or whatever. That's beside the point. But now since Jefferson comes on board, uh, Adam Thielen's role changes a little bit. Two years ago, he still got a lot of red zone touchdowns, but 
last year it really diminished and and it sounds like that's what that's stuck in his craw a little bit huh well yeah i think there was some um some bit of playing off each other but uh you know you add hawkinson to uh to the, to yeah, the equation good. yeah um suddenly that you know you had a, a, a which i think we could call him i mean he's not he's not kittle he's not uh you know one of those he's Travis not the top Kelsey. He's not a Kelsey Kittle, or but he's he's pretty damn good. So he's a guy that gets open and gets a lot of attention as well. Yeah. So, uh, and then KJ Osborne came in, and KJ found a way to to be open in critical uh, in moments. So, yeah, there, there's only so many balls that go around. So yeah, if he's there's certainly with Jefferson being there, there's not going to be any promise. There's not going to be any uh, Adam ratio like Randy ratio. But uh, I think if the money if the money works out. Uh, He'll stay, you know. That's got to be a significant cut, though, doesn't it, for him? I mean, at almost twenty mil. I mean, that's that's a high number for. Well, a, I, I we don't know what the exit. I mean, when these guys sign, they get guaranteed money. So I mean, that's yeah. You know, there could be it's it's money that he's given up, but it's money he's not going to get because he's going to get cut anyway. It's um, you know, it's a very it's a complicated deal that uh, you and I. It's above our pay grade, Joe. But yeah, I, uh, I just I just don't see it, you know. Maybe you have some optimism for him. I, I don't know. I mean, they're trying, and that means if they're trying, the Vikings want him to a certain degree. But do they need him with with what, the way you just described the offense? You know, and how much they want they got to spread the ball around, and they they probably want to throw the ball to their running back more next year than they did this year. I don't. I don't know. There just doesn't seem a lot there left over for feeling. I I'd like him on the team. I thought he played a great role. I thought it was when he was called upon, he, he made, he still made great plays, still made the, has great hands. He might be a hair slower, but I mean, this to me would, you know, objectively speaking, this uh, might be the opportunity to take that big contract and get, bring up another middle round in the draft receiver that, that has, is on a rookie contract. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. You're not going to get, uh, you know, to me, the offense is better with. If, uh, it's not like they're they're overflowing with receivers. You know, yep. KJ is a good is a good player. Jefferson's the best player in the league at, at that position. Yeah, you know, but you know, Jalen Naylor becomes your third receiver. Uh, I don't yeah, know if he's he's true. ready for that. Well, that's that's what's going on right now. Is it right? You know, uh, if it if it's if it's too much for the Vikings to to afford and 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 then he's gone. But if it's a way you can work it out financially, I would. I would be much happier having him for another year, you know, and then say they get a guy in the draft or say first round, it does end up being a receiver. I still think it should be defense, but say it's a receiver. Then, you know, suddenly you know, you're ready. You're more ready to, you can't get rid of everybody and, and yeah. just, uh, and just expect that, uh, you know, that you got something behind it. Cause not, not, that's not always the case. Uh, let's flip to the defense a little bit. I, I saw a report where Brian Flores reportedly wants to uh, uh, keep Patrick Peterson around. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't surprise me because right now uh, they're so thin at corner. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Booth is – their best corner last year was the 32- or 3-year-old Patrick Peterson. They're, you know, Booth is, is, inj- is a guy who has injury – Came into the league with injury problems. He fulfilled that uh, that knock against him by not staying healthy. Uh, Evans is a good player, but he has t- had three concussions. Um, Dantzler uh, is not good enough to be a starter. Sullivan is not good enough to be a uh, your starting slot corner. So they're desperate at cornerback right now. So yeah, I I don't I could see the the coordinator coming in going, hey, we need some sort of <laughs> some sort of stability. I don't care if he's going to be 32 or three or whatever it is. So yeah, it doesn't surprise me. And, and Peterson, you know, showed last year that, you know, I think he was came in $8 million two years ago. He came in at 4 million this past year. You know, I, you know, it's probably a one-year deal. Yeah. I think. Uh, so yeah, I, it doesn't surprise me. I like the idea that Flores wants him if that's true, because that means he's got a, he, he thinks he can contribute to his scheme. You know, last year, Patrick Pearson made mention that he enjoyed the zone scheme of Ed Donatel as opposed to more man. And I, I don't know what Brian Flores scheme is going to be. Well, 
these guys tend to say what's you know what goes over. You know. I mean, he, he may have he may have said that coming in, but then he was also the guy who went to O'Connell and went and said that he wanted to play more when it was ridiculous when the, when the coverage was so loose that it yeah. was embarrassing. It was Peterson who ended up talking O'Connell and the defensive coaches into playing more uh, man, more press coverage, more hmm. man huh. uh, in, in different situations. So. Yeah, I, I, the guy coming in, putting in a new system, uh, having a veteran that's of his stature and his intelligence on the uh, field. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you you, you kind of want some of those guys that yeah. You, know, you don't want to be just you don't want to be teaching a new new aggressive defense to a bunch of rookies and second year guys. Right. And as far as uh, uh, the, uh, the safety position, we got some rookies there. We. Have, Lewis seen who I, you know, he, he the, the word on him, he is well ahead in his rehab. And uh, you made this comment, which I'd like to repeat. He stayed in Minnesota to do his rehab, which I give him credit for, because you're looking outside at a ton of snow on March 6th. But, you know, it's, that's the way it is around here, Mark. You should know that by now. But, uh, um, you know, I think Lewis seen that's great news that he's well ahead in his rehab, but I still think he's behind on his NFL readiness because he missed this past year. Didn't get much chance there. So I think the next guy I want to talk about, I think they will get something done because of that fact with Harrison Smith, even though he's, you know, he's a, and keep him around one more year and have this be the transition year from uh, Harrison Smith to Lewisine, maybe any thoughts there? Well, I, I, they may try, you know, we'll see if it's uh, again, it's going to be one of those where if it doesn't work out for the team's advantage and uh, Harrison will be gone, uh, you know, they'll have, you know, they'll, they'll lean on, they'll go to scene and uh, <clears throat> Cam Bynum and Josh Metellus. Uh, again, with a new defense coming in, with uh, it would be good to get Harrison in there for one more year, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It really remains to be seen. He's, uh, his contract is another puzzler. It's in, he's in the same category as Thielen and Kendricks and, uh, you know, with those aging big contract cap hits that uh, really they got to do something with it so i'm sure they're talking about that right now too it almost makes you think they should have won a few playoff games this year huh because that's what they were that's what they were shooting for is like one more let's run it back with uh, the guys that we had so right this is the wreckage this is what happens when you don't you don't reach it a little more painful to disassemble the cast as opposed to say the rams they they all in and then you know pieces start flying off of off and they're like, well, you know, we've still won our Super Bowl. So. Well, on that pleasant this note, this is the painful need, time. With that pleasant note, I'm going to take a break and put some tequila inside this this bottle here because I, I don't. There you go. So we'll take a break at Vikings territory breakdown, and we'll be right back. All right, folks, welcome back to Vikings territory breakdown with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune, the ever the other lip ever lippy Mark Craig is back with us. Um, Mark, you, uh, you you tuned into KOC's presser uh, at the combine this week. He, he, I don't know how much news he made, but I, you know, just over the top. Any thoughts on on what the the head coach had to say when when addressing the assemblies out? He, he I, you know, last week on this show, I asked you what you would uh, ask a question. You wanted to ask him something about uh, 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 um, cousins and uh interestingly he enough he didn't even get a question on cousins while he was out there so that was, that was kind of strange but anyway well yeah i mean he's um they're still selling the culture you know that they've changed the culture which um but by you know he cited this that we'll talk about it here in a little bit but the the uh, nfl pa did a 1300 player survey where you rate you know, your teams uh, in all these categories, the Vikings scored very well. So, um, you know, to his, to his credit, you know, we, we kind of make fun of it and we, the kumbaya and all this stuff. But, you know, I think it did, it did contribute to them, you know, being a better team. I still think it's, it all comes down to players and it comes down to, you know, making the right decisions coaching-wise. And, I, you know, I think some of that gets overblown because, you know, they say it and then it gets – we, you know, we in the media take it and run with it. And we want to find out, you know, did you go see a movie together? Did you hold hands and stuff like this? Um, I know like that, that. That's, I, I would take the hometown team hit for that for sure, man. Yeah. So I, you know, I would, uh, you know, but I do think that uh, it, the, 
the players were more comfortable. Let's put it that way. And I, I do think that as much as they, um, we kind of joked about their, um, their analytics when it came to like uh, taking care of the players health and stuff. I, I do think it was a fresher, healthy, healthier team overall. So, yeah. So some of that's, you know, they said it, they, they produced it. Um, it was still a good year of 13 wins. You win the, win the division. Uh, so yeah, it was, a. It's yeah, it's a it's a good start for for O'Connell. So yeah, I think yeah, I think we're ready to kind of move on from talking about the culture. Yeah, yeah. I will I will give it to him that, but I think it's been a year now. Let's start talking about the. If, I, if would st- I would stop talking about what you thought the call because you also won with a lot of those players and that were there before you got there. That's right. And if they don't win a playoff game next year, take another step forward. The the uh, the Kumbaya will might turn into something else. Might not. Uh, Oh, you know, and, and yeah, inevitably they, they, that's how it that's how it goes. And yeah. uh so yeah, I mean this year, um, you know, it's I'd not say it's a he's a fall guy or it's his fault because I think we it was a new move that needed to be made, but uh, you know, when Zimmer was getting rid of offensive coordinators, there was a different tone to like it uh this guy getting rid of a defensive coordinator. So uh, okay. I, I think I think that uh that uh, firing Donatel uh uh or uh, D. Filippo was as equally uh, required as as firing uh, Ed Donatel. I might be in the minority on that one, but uh, you know that was not that that to me was not working any better than what yeah. uh, was working with uh, Donatel. And well, it's like Chris Carter says: you need a fall guy, right? Got to get a fall guy. Got to get a fall guy. <laughs> Chris Chris needed Chris needed a fall guy for that comment. Uh, <laughs> He took he took the fall for that. Well, he was right up in front of everybody in a microphone and a camera. No, no fall guy there. Uh, when Chris gets going, I think I don't even think Chris knows what's coming out of his mouth. <laughs> Sorry, um, Chris, if you're watching, Chris, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sure he is. He'll be on next week and yeah. he'll, he'll talk to you about that. Uh, you Vikings were apparently uh, interested in cornerbacks. You, you touched a little bit on cornerbacks the last segment, but. Uh, but uh, we're we're kind of in need of some there, aren't we? Uh, you know. Yeah, read read those names, or I don't. I, well, you, you got uh, you got. Uh, oh, you said there was some interest in Deontay Banks in the first round, you know, potentially because uh, what the the Vikings have right now is 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 not great, and they're looking to bring Patrick Peterson back, and it's just, you know they they may. We've talked about it in the past that, that that's high on their priorities as cornerback, and and it sounds like they did their due diligence with some of the players. I, I don't know all the players' names. Yeah, I mean, I did, like the Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL Network, who's a former scout. He had like twenty, not that twenty will be taken in the first round, but he had twenty corners. Oh, there it is. Listed as um, twenty corners round first round grade. Last year's group was a great. I think from top to bottom, a great cornerback class. Uh, and, I, and apparently now we got another really good cornerback yeah. class coming in. So and I, got your names guy, I got your names here. If you want them, yeah. uh, Illinois, Devin Witherspoon, Penn state's Joey Porter, Jr. Oregon's Christian Gonzalez, Alabama's Brian branch. And then, as I mentioned, uh, Deontay Banks. So those are, those are some of Jeremiah's players that he thought would be pretty well, good. I, I'll go out on a short limb and say I don't know much about Joey Porter Jr., but I I knew I knew the dad well enough. I was in the locker rooms covering some games in Pittsburgh when the Browns had moved, and I went over there was covering. Uh, Joey Porter was a as nasty a defensive player as you uh, as you'll ever meet. Uh, outside linebacker, edge rusher, you know, fantastic player. Uh, so maybe there, there's some genes there. Uh, but the one the guy from Maryland uh, is a guy that's being projected to go to to the Vikings. Um, you know, I, you know, it seems like we're here. We're at this point every single year where it's like, I think they're going to take a corner. I think that Zimmer left, Zimmer leaves and they're still taking corners. (laughs) Um, you know, so it's just a position that's in this continual need for this team. And and for a lot of teams, you know, it's, uh, if you, if you have, if you have your quarterback, which the Vikings do, uh, um, then you're looking to either knock the other guy down or cover his receivers. And one thing the Vikings don't have is, is, is some coverage guys. So I, I don't know how they get out of that first round without taking one of those corners. I really, I really don't. 
I mean, I, I'd like that pick of the guy because it sounds pretty good. He sounds like a big, tall dude that can move. Um, but, you know, now when they let Kendricks go, they need an even greater – some to backfill the back uh, – the linebacker position. I know you got Azamoa. I know you got uh, Troy Dye, but you better get somebody in there in case they're not the cat's meow too, you know. Well, but I think in this case you're talking about filling a starter. I mean, you, you know, if they pick a guy where – even at 23, you'll pick – they got they got to – pick a guy that's able to start if they can do that and scene starts then the then the perception of their ability to draft changes uh and if booth comes along and then you have a you know you have two corners that you've drafted high in the last two rounds that can start or or you know one's a slot guy one's a, a, a starter you know then things you know, start to that's what they have to do they, they if they don't then they're they're going backwards so uh to me that you know, finding a linebacker or an inside linebacker is, is that's your depth. You know, you're looking yeah, at depth. Is yeah. It, they feel they feel they have uh you know they feel they have uh, guys that can be their front line guys. Um whether they're right or wrong, we'll see. But right now you're talking about that that first round has got to be a guy that you're right. gonna be a starter, whether Peterson comes back or not. Um, what did you think? Uh, you know, they definitely spent some times with quarterbacks, uh, QBs, uh, uh, and the buzz in that position from the combine was all about Anthony Richardson. Would had sometimes there was some steam for Vikings. You now it's probably just rumors and wishful thinking for the Vikings to somehow trade up from their limited resources in the draft to get Anthony Richardson. But it sounds like he blew up a little bit at the combine, so maybe even raised his, his draft status even more. No, I, I don't. Well, one thing I don't see is in draft, you know, if a quarter, if a quarterback fell to him, I would then fine, but they got too many, they have too few picks and too many holes uh, for them to, to be involved. And you're not going to want to, I don't think this team is, I don't think Quasey's the kind of guy that's going to be trading future number ones, you know, that, you know, that's going to take you to move up into the top 10 or whatever it is. Cause I think the quarterbacks, you know, last year was the exception because we thought that maybe quarterbacks would there'd be another rush on them, but there was only one in the first round, and he was in the second half of the first round. Um, but this could be one of those years. I think there's four guys that could go real high, uh, and teams are going to be jockeying to get them. And sitting at the top is the are the Bears, and they don't to me they don't need a they don't need to get in a quarterback because right. they have they have one who I think can be. Uh, whenever he learns, he learns the game a little bit better. Uh, he's going to be a hard guy to handle for a number of years. So they can sit there and distribute that pick and get a lot back in return. So the bears are, uh, the, you know, the bears, they came in with a different approach, gutted it kind of, and now they have a bunch of draft picks and they have the number one pick. Uh, so yeah, the bears, if they, if they play their cards, right, they're going to be a team to deal with for, now they could replace the because maybe the Packers go backwards now. Yeah, that's the that's the frustration for Vikings fans, probably. Certainly for me. I mean, uh now when you're looking at the draft, I mean during the season you wanted the Vikings to go as far as they did or even further, but they never go f- far enough to really get you excited. And then they end up with this mid tw- or low twenties or you know, high teens pick, and it and it's it's good, but in a year when you only have four draft picks right now, potentially a fifth in uh, compensatory picks. And you got a Kwesi who is not afraid to trade that first pick. I, I can just see that coming more than anything than taking that first pick and moving back and trying to get some more. Cause they, like you said, they got a lot. Oh, of yeah. And yeah, I, we still, I, did, it, did it last year. So it doesn't do anything for me. It just doesn't. Well, okay. Uh, uh... It's the it's draft day of a handful of years ago, and the Bears made a blockbuster trade, Joe. They go up to number two to solve their quarterback situation, <laughs> and they pick Mitch Trubisky. Yes. You know, hooray, hooray. You know, people are excited. Uh, you know, to me, the, the draft is not – if it was a one-for-one, one, like if every number one pick was Peyton Manning and every number two pick was uh, – or every number ten pick was Patrick Mahomes, then yeah, I would say, oh my God, we got to lose all these games. But you know, to me, I would if I'm a fan, I, I would much rather enjoy those eleven yeah. one-score wins than to have a complete horse crap season. And then now you got a draft pick. You know, I just man, no, you're, you're I, exactly we're showing, right. showing my age on that one. No, you're exactly right. I'm the same one. I wasn't thinking uh, as the Vikings were 
heading towards the playoffs, finishing up the regular season. I wasn't thinking about the draft. I was thinking about the playoffs. So yeah, there yeah. probably is. There probably are some that are though. It's become it's a, a season unto itself. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, let's put it this way: the, the Cleveland Browns have won the draft more times than I can count. That <laughs> they don't win the draft anymore now because I think they gave like forty-two number ones to get Deshaun Watson. So. Uh, you know, so, but they used to win it every year. I'm Bra- Oh my God. They got Brady uh, Quinn and they got a, uh, a defensive player in the first round. Can you believe how, you know, uh, so. Oh, well now, 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 now we need to take a break from Mark so he can put some booze in his water because now he's thinking about the Cleveland Browns and their, their quarterback pick. So we'll take another quick break and we'll be back with Vikings territory breakdown. Okay, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown, folks. Uh, Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Uh, we got a we got a thing to talk about here that's right up Mark's uh, 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 alley because he transferred here from Cleveland many years ago, trying to become of one of us. But he like better than anybody knows how great it is here because he's still here after all these years. And the Vikings, as he alluded to earlier, they were the top team when it came down to this thirteen. 13- hundred player survey about uh, the best conditions around the NFL, you know, and Vikings got A's in every category, including treatment of families, nutrition, travel, locker room, weight room, training rooms. Uh, and their lowest grade was an A minus in nutrition for players. And you had a, you had a little story about that, didn't you, Mark? A minus. I mean, what are they giving them like potato chips or <laughs> I don't know. That's something to work on. I, I if, if I'm Quasi and O'Connell, I, we got to find out. Yeah, we got to get we got to get that mole out of there. It was something. Maybe they had like an ice cream cone day or something. Oh my know. goodness! But like, oh, no, Minnesota's said, great, Joe. If you, if you just want to know how great Minnesota is, yeah. ask a Minnesotan how great it is. <laughs> ask ask him how. If you want to know how nice a Minnesotan is, you ask him. We don't have nice to. It's us right here. They didn't. They didn't talk to thirteen hundred Minnesotans, buddy boy. Yeah, I, I don't know how they finished. Like I guess they had the most. A's, but it's like they're not. You're not asking the Jaguars to talk about the Vikings, or so you're you're asking them to talk about their their own place. So, but yeah, I mean, uh, Jacksonville had a rat infant infestation. So I that I mean, anybody who goes back to Winter Park, uh, like it goes back now twenty wow, twenty one seasons that I go back. Yep. Um, you know, there there used to be I, there was something that came out of Winter Park out of the door to the uh, loading dock where the players <laughs> used to come out. It had a long tail. It wasn't a rat, I don't think. And I don't know if, uh, if it was a possum or whatever, but it had this really long – maybe it was a rat. And it took off. And they're like, what was that? And, oh, my. And you'd see – and then whenever they, the exterminator, you know, you'd see dead mice and the kind of outside the yeah. doors and stuff. So I the Vikings had that. I did see that, yeah. So the Vikings had – but, you know, I will say that the uh, Jacksonville, they, although rats and all, they still had one more playoff win than the Vikings. So – I don't know. Maybe they need to get some rats out of TCO. Wow. Maybe that- you know, it, it's you mock it as you usually do with all things Minnesota. But, you know, for me, I, I used to work for the Timberwolves for years. And uh, back in the heyday, you know, during the Isaiah Ryder days up into the Kevin Garnett days. And it wasn't until Garnett and Marbury came around that the place even had a chance of attracting another uh, great free agent. Every year it always plan B because of all the snow outside your window right now, you know, nobody ever wanted to come to Minnesota. You know, they wanted to sign with the Southern teams. Well here, finally, it's something great. And as you, as you noted on your notes to me, you know, money is what really talks, but can, can they make any play out of this? And I know it's not going to make you decide whether or not you go somewhere, but if you come out there, it's an impressive place, TCO. And it might just, you know, sometimes some of these kids really like the facilities. I mean, they like the weight room. God, I hated the weight room all my time. I don't know why anybody, but anyway, you think it's got any, any worth to it that uh, uh, they can market that culture and that great A's board in Minnesota. Nice. Come on, man. I think it's, I think it's, it it all, it all comes down to, it's money. You know, they go where the money is. Um, that's pretty much that's the deciding factor for most of these guys, as it should be. Uh, unless they're just walking in and they see something. Now, if you were to walk into Jacksonville, maybe and you see a mouse go across your foot, you might. And they feed you. They say, "Ah, we don't have a weight room, and you know, there's uh, we really don't know what to eat." You know, then it's a, it's a problem. But you know, there there's so many great facilities in the NFL that I, you know. 
it doesn't hurt you. It certainly does not hurt you. And I think word of mouth uh, helps uh, as you're as you're coming. You know, if, if free agents are coming and they have a connection to some of the players, but as as now as the Vikings are getting rid of a lot of their veteran players, you're going to have less word of mouth, I guess. Uh, uh, and, but it's like you know, basketball is totally different than football. Basketball, you can get two guys together, and they can yeah. outside of the GM, outside of the coach. They can decide, hey, you know, it's you, it, typically it's not Cleveland it, it's, uh, or, or Minnesota. It's, uh, hey, let's all meet in Miami. Let's all meet in L.A. Helps and if one of their names is, is LeBron James. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, basketball, you can you can get two or three guys together, and uh, they used to have to draft them and then and, and build them the hard way like uh, like the Bulls did. Right. Uh, but uh, now that but football is a little different animal, but let's put it this way. It doesn't hurt you know, that you're, that you're known for treating the families well, and you're known for all this stuff. Um, but I still think, it, I don't know if you can parlay that into like all the free agents are going to come here, especially when you don't have <laughs> what goes along with that was the fact that they were $25 million over the cap. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, here's something uh, uh, that was Minnesota nice, you know, and, and we're going to claim it because K.J. Osborne is one of ours. But according to Adam Sheffer, he helped pull a man from a burning car last Sunday night before carrying him to safety and helping him save his life. Uh, that that ain't nothing. K.J.'s not from here. so KJ He's was... one of us. You know, well, you got to look, be here someday. Where's he from? Where's he from? I, I so we, we have we have to give Minnesota. his native we have to give him his his native state some credit too. You know, it's not you know like Minnesotans are the only aren't the only ones that. Well, if Adam Thielen would have been there with him, he'd have helped. I see. I'm from Ohio, and if if some if a car is burning and I have an opportunity to pull someone out, I I think I'd do it. <laughs> Although I've been here, I've been here for 20 years, so you'd say that was my life. Or more than 20 years, 24 I'm years. not saying he did it because he's a Minnesotan. No, I, I'm just saying but, that he's a Minnesotan now, and he did that. So there. Yes, that was a great story. I, I yeah. saw I saw a clip of it, too. And uh, um, it's not related to this because it's he didn't do this because he's a great guy. I mean, I think a lot of people would have done it yes. regardless. But maybe some guys would have just driven past it. I don't know. But um, he is one. Of, he seems like a genuinely really nice guy. You know, there's a nice. few guys that. Um, you know, I always say seem anymore because you don't really know him. But yeah. uh, the times I've talked to him, man, I talk about a, a really respectful guy um, that uh, the media doesn't get a lot of respect anymore or doesn't get what it, what it used to. Or, mm-hmm. or um, so, yeah, he's he's been a really, really, and he's, he's, a, he's done it the right way. He's worked, he's you know, kept his mouth shut. He's worked his butt off. He's going to be a number two receiver. Uh, and, and if when the Vikings aren't able to afford him, maybe he, he becomes a, a really great receiver as well. Eventually, not not I mean not Jeff Jefferson, but he goes on and becomes a number one somewhere else. I, I don't know. He's he is a genuinely really good player and a really good. Does that then we'll disown him as soon as he's out of here. Yeah. I should say seems seems to be because you never know. You never know. Um, another note. Uh, uh, Brian Flores was given the okay by a U.S. District Court to take his discrimination court case to court rather than to uh, the NFL. Um, you had some thoughts on that, Mark. That's that's kind of an interesting uh, interesting uh, thing that happened. Yes or no? Yeah, I mean that you know, a lot of a lot of these things go to arbitration and it ends up being you know discussed and we don't see the details. The details don't come out. Um, you know, like the, the lawsuit involving uh, Washington's football team, uh, a lot of details came out about that. So Man, when, the, when, the, when, the, when, the cur- when the curtain gets pulled back on the NFL, so it's, it's kind of in, in an open court setting with something, a uh, uh, situation like this, you're going to see some things that's going to be inter- very interesting to, you know, what's his case, what's their response. Uh, so, yeah, if it, it's allowed to be discussed in open court. We're going to see some details, so yeah, it should be uh, should be fascinating. Is that going to be a distraction for this new uh, defensive coordinator for the Vikings now that he's here, and and this comes becomes to begins to blossom this this situation while he's here? Is that going to take away from the from the team and his duties here a little bit? You think? Oh, I I, I think that no, I wouldn't think so. But it, you know, you you could consider a lot a lot of things distractions. I think that there'll be enough hours in the day for him to handle both he's got a legal team 
Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know how much of the time it, uh, it takes of his, of his time, but I, I still think he's going to be, uh, have his attention where it needs to be. Maybe it'll be good for him that, uh, and, if, if he makes other people mad, then the Vikings will, he'll resign with, with them after next season and stick around here for a few years. No, I'm just kidding. I I'm, I'm really excited to see what he does and see how he changes the defense this year. And after the last couple of years, it's been really difficult and boy, oh boy, you know, the windows open with this offense, but the defense has got it. You know, theirs has been closed for a while. So I, I'm just, I got fingers crossed for this guy. Hope it, Hope it works well. Well, I, I think his philosophy will be better. Um, he needs the personnel. They need. They can't do it without yeah. the personnel. Yep, you can't coach that if they're not there. So, uh, another n- little note for our odds and ends section here. Uh, old buddy Bill Musgrave has resurfaced as the consultant to Kevin Stefanski in Cleveland. Um, in addition, uh, Stefanski also let go another former Viking coach, uh, Mike Prefer after the special teams didn't work out so well in Cleveland. Mark, you're a Cleveland guy, even though you, you desperately want to be a Minnesota guy, you know, and you're kind of one. And conditionally, we, we you know, keep you around here conditionally as a Minnesota guy. But go ahead, let well, us know. Yes. Well, yeah, yeah um, Captain Muskie, that was his nickname. And he's a – he was an interesting guy. I mean, he, he, he actually, you know, had some plays where he um, – Cordero before Cordero became a running, a, a legitimate, like I was with Atlanta and Chicago and the uh, Patriots. And yeah. He was actually a running back slash, you know, uh, Musgrave was doing some of that to begin with. Uh, I thought was, was good. Obviously as it, as, as it went on, uh, his biggest mistake, I think though, was that uh, that playoff game when Ponder couldn't play and they had Joe Webb and that first drive, they went down, they scripted it. Joe Webb was running all over the place. They scored, and then like it just disappeared. I was like, "Right, oh, you know, Bill, what, what the hell? What, you know, like, why, why, why wouldn't you just keep doing that?" Uh, and then, as we found out, is uh, next week when Kaepernick ran for two hundred and some yards or whatever it was against the Packers. So, <laughs> uh, and then Pref, you know, Pref getting let go. I Pref is one of my favorite, you know, guys that I've covered, and uh, I'm not sure if he's gone anywhere else or he's got any irons in the, in the fire, but, um, I always liked him. He did a, did a fantastic job here for several years. And if that's the nature of the beast, I mean, he and Stefanski, uh, go back forever and, you know, uh, but when it's time to, to move on, they move on. Yeah, that was, uh, that was one of my last, uh, well, it was my only trip covering the Vikings on the road was that, that game with, uh, Ponder, who didn't play, and Joe Webb, it started out strong. What a, what a what a nice press box they got there at Lambeau Field. I I was amazed being sitting in that thing. You've been in there before. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. A million times. But uh, yeah, I, the, my first game I wrote covered with the you know, the Vikings was uh, that when they rededicated uh, Lambeau Field. So I didn't see it before it hit it. You know, it's it's renovation in two thousand three. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, it's come a long way in uh, that stadium for sure. But now um, did you see that Aaron Rodgers is talking to the Jets apparently? So is he? Are you he gonna, didn't. I, I uh, tried I to tune him out. I I I, I spent a whole year last year just hanging on every word and I or you know, I'm just tired of it. You know, whatever. Get get you know, get rid of the drama, you know, and let us know when when a decision is made and where you're gonna be. I mean, go go sit I, in sauna or wherever you have to go ironically as you say that roger said one of the things that i was, was brilliant on his part and uh he was asked to you know some podcast or whatever <clears throat> about about what you're just what you're talking about and he said hey if you think i'm a diva if you think i'm um uh, you know taking too long he goes tune, tune it out tune it out so that's my my thing is always you know if the end too much for you then tune it out so yeah you've tuned uh, it out you took you took aaron's advice now, my question to an in Minnesotan would be, you know, the, it's time for them to do this because they they've had they've had a bad, they've had a, another plan they've had another planet quarterback for several or for three years now or whatever it is. Um, if Jordan Love becomes an MVP, they win the Super Bowl, and he goes on to play 15 years. What does a Minnesotan just like 
just throw your is that it uh, it's over yep. I, I give up pretty much pretty much yeah because right now we, we don't know i mean this is a first round draft pick who's now had similar grooming as as aaron Rodgers had uh who knows if 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 that happens then you all of a sudden you have to look at that's that's how you got to do it then in minnesota you got to get you got to start taking your shots at quarterback when you get them and get somebody in here and start grooming them and say, okay, you're going to sit there and learn from uh, Kirko chains for three years. And then you're going to go, but God, yeah. Well, maybe. Yeah. But like when they did with Aaron, it was, uh, you know, like they had, they had intentions of replacing him. And as Aaron says, everyone was doubting me and which is well, not everyone, but there are some doubting. And whenever they took, uh, uh, they took love in the 19, and Aaron Rodgers won back-to-back MVPs. I know. After, after that, uh, uh, you know, but the, the people, the, the the people that knock them will say, you know, Favre and Rodgers only won two Super Bowls in that stretch. Well, I don't know. I mean, it, it's granted in a perfect world they would have there would have been a team of the decade there somewhere. But you know, I'd still two coming from this is not a not knock on Minnesota. Not, uh, where I come from, they didn't even go to the Super Bowl. So it's like a two, two is, uh, is better than not. Bottom line for me is he's not retiring and oh. I don't think he's once again going anywhere. I just, he's know. not, he's not retiring chief among all reasons. I believe is in five years, he'd be going in as the, Oh yeah. Uh, Tom Brady's going in the hall of fame and also included it in, in the class is <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's Aaron's not going to take that. You're hundred percent. Right. You're hundred percent. Right. No, plus he's not finished. He's there's too much more money. And I mean, he's, he loves this. I mean, he absolutely, he I think he likes the attention a little bit, even though he tells us to tune him out. I think he likes the attention just a little bit. Yes. I, I would, I would concur with that. Um, so we're going to have some more stuff happen this week, aren't we? With player news and stuff, you know, cause right. they got the 15th, which is a week from Wednesday, tomorrow. Uh, we're taping this on Tuesday. That's when they got to have their cap down to whatever the number is. And so, and the Vikings have some, have a ways to go. So we're going to see some more player movement from this team and we'll be back to, to talk about it next week. Right. That's right. So, uh, Plenty happening right now, even though it's the dead time of the year for this uh, for this sport, not not for us. We'll be back on Vikings Territory Breakdown to talk about it. Thanks, everybody, for checking us out. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mike Woldham, producer behind the scenes. Thanks, Joe Johnson, for getting us here. And to everybody, come on back next week, and we'll, we'll do it up again. Until then, skull. Skull.